your daily dose of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Well, Happy New Year, America. Hello to all of you beyond the Fruited Plain as well. Welcome home, starting a brand new year here at the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Delighted, as always, to be with you. Look, I know it's a holiday for almost everybody else, but I can't think of a more important day to talk to you. I couldn't think of a more important day to think about what we're up against, but what's going on our side, what we've got like on our side in terms of all of these tools, this knowledge. This is going to be a glorious 2024, ladies and gentlemen. And we're so excited that you're sharing at least the beginnings of it with us here at the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Remember, you can always follow along on the live stream, Wendy Bell Radio Network. That's our app. Uh, you can also get our podcast, Wendy Bell Radio. Take it with you wherever you go. We're just happy you're here. So welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Now, if I was president of the United States, and regardless of my track record up to this point, and I still had a full year to go before I was leaving office or being reelected, I would be front and center with an address to the American people and to the world saying all of the wonderful things I feel about this country. I would have tremendous optimism. We would have a positive message to share. We would try to allay any fears about uncertainty in the road ahead. But that is not what we got, ladies and gentlemen, from Joe Biden and his wife, Jill, who last night I don't know what the hell she was wearing. I don't know what he was thinking. But on with Ryan Seacrest at Times Square as Palestinian protesters or pro-Palestinian protesters decided to try to disrupt dropping of the ball. Because nothing is sacred, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing that you do that you enjoy. Nothing that makes you smile, that gives you confidence, security, comfort is off limits. They will stop at nothing. To ruin your joy so you are as miserable as they are. Joe Biden stammering out something. What's your, you know, what's the greatest accomplishment of 2023? He had no idea what the hell he was saying. And that was the perfect summation of what you and I have been through for the last three years with this group. It's a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo, smoke and mirrors. Let's pretend what's going on isn't going on. Lie about threats to democracy as we do everything to undermine it. 
And that is why I have such great confidence and optimism. Look, it's easy on this program to get down in the dumps and to say, oh my gosh, all the things that are going wrong. Think about all the things that are going right. People are getting off of cruise control and are paying attention. And they are seeing through very bright eyes something that they did not before. That is glorious. And you know that the the left is screwed when the big wrap up of the year. Let's get together. Let's talk about 2023. ABC News brings out Jonathan Carl, who's this squirrely little ferret who pretends to be a journalist. Well, if you're a journalist and your big end of the year interview is a three way panel with the ultimate most toxic, noxious faction of this country. The white college educated liberal woman, if that's your big baba, you got nothing. And they got nothing. They can't run on a on a good record. They can't run on our economy. They can't run on social justice. They can't run on education. They can't run on safety. They can't run on anything. Of course. The only thing they have is to fear monger about Donald Trump. This is ABC News' Jonathan Carl sitting down with these three women. Who are they? Alyssa Farah Griffin, former Trump White House communications director, who's now failed over to sit at The View and to pretend to be the one Republican on the panel. She's no conservative. Number two, Cassidy Hutchinson. This is the woman who's a former White House aide who apparently knows Trump better than than. Trump does, because she seems to recall things that he never did. Lunging in the car, the limo on January. That's that cat. And finally, a woman named Sarah Matthews. She's a former White House deputy press secretary. Why on earth would Jonathan Carl and ABC News sit down with these three women as their big da-da-da-da end of the year thing? Because it's desperation time. It's desperation time. Audio soundbite number one to the question, what would a second Trump term look like? This is Alyssa Farah Griffin. She's going to talk about threats to democracy. She's going to push out all of the things they want you still on cruise control and believing. Listen. Donald Trump became president again. What would a second Trump term look like? Fundamentally, a second Trump term could mean the end of American democracy as we know it. And I I don't say that lightly. We all witnessed him trying to steal a democratic election before and going to historic and unconstitutional lengths to do so. And that just shows that he's willing to basically break every barrier to get into power and to stay into power. But also, um, (laughs) I'm very concerned about what the term would actually look like. Mm, Now, we're really concerned about that, too, Alyssa. Let me tell you. Threat to democracy. Look what he tried to do to overturn the 2020. No, he actually was just asking questions. Questions that he should have asked now that we know that Brad Raffensperger, the Republican Secretary of State of SOC in Georgia, lied to him about auditing the machines and making sure there was nothing wrong with the vote. No, 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 Mr. President. It's all A-OK. Factually incorrect, Alyssa. Maybe if you weren't sitting so close to Joy Behar, right, and Sonny Hostin, you'd have some brain power left. Number two, 
Cassidy Hutchinson. This is the gal who was the, she was like the 11th hour witness during the January 6 hearings, right? And she's going to swoop in and she's going to say that Donald Trump lunged for the steering wheel. He was out of his mind. He wanted to go to the Capitol and be part of an insurrection. Of course, none of that happened either. But thank goodness she's ready to tell you what would a, a second Trump presidency look like. The fact that he feels that he needs to lean into being a dictator alone shows that he is a weak and feeble man yeah. who has no sense of character and integrity and has no sense of leadership. Wow. Can you imagine being married to one of these people? I feel really bad for the men out there. I get it. A hundred percent. Listen to these women. Now, I don't know if they have been compensated for their oblivion here, for the parroting of all of the favorite left talking points of suck. I don't know what it is or if they actually believe it, because that's the scary part. I could only give you 10 seconds of that woman. That's how bad it is. Finally, Sarah Matthews, former White House Deputy Press Secretary, pants on fire. Oh, my gosh. This is it. Go. We don't need to speculate what a second Trump uh, term would look like because we already saw it play out. To this day, he still doubles down on the fact that he thinks that the election was stolen and fraudulent. And then his rhetoric has just gotten increasingly erratic. I mean, he has literally called for things like doing away with parts of the Constitution, wanting to weaponize the DOJ to enact revenge on his political enemies. Wow, that boomerang is really very miserable when it comes around. So there's Sarah Matthews there, former White House Deputy Press Secretary. This is what ABC News has. This is their barn burner. This is it? Really? So... On the flip side, what's going on? Well, we know what's going on. And it is triumphant, ladies and gentlemen, because we have information coming up in the program that will blow your mind. Hour number two, a seismic shift away from the people those sniveling women represent, away from the Democrat Party, specifically, not to the GOP, but specifically to Donald J. Trump. Everything they throw at this guy makes him stronger, makes him more invincible, and awakens more and more people to the reality that every single thing the left says they are already doing. And everybody knows it. Why do I have such optimism? If you're the party in power, And you're coming to the end of the year. And you've done a good job. And you love this country. And you believe in all of those little guys that you always campaign on every two years. And you're effective. There's a celebration. When you're not... You're Joe Biden sitting next to Jill wearing a dress that looks like a flower pot, talking to Ryan Seacrest, right? With pro-Palestinian protesters trying to burn the place down. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. 2024 can only be better 100%. When we come back, hey, I got a new wrinkle in this whole Harvard University president plagiarism thing. A new call for Claudine Gay to pack up and get out. From an unlikely source, next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. 
You know, it is the white, college-educated, liberal, wine-drinking, suburban woman. It really is. So much. You know what? Men are not that petty. They're just not. Women, terrible, petty, 100%. This is truly the demise of a once great country. Is because of these people who have found meaning in being perpetually angry about something. And when they get their teeth in something like Donald Trump, holy cow, cat fight center. And, and the, the greatest part is, of course, their arguments are easily debunked because they're always based on nonsense, lies and emotion. I want to pivot quickly and get back to this Harvard's Claudine Gay. This this president, first black female president, not first female president, first black female president at Harvard. All right. She believes that she has immunity because she is black and female, because she has risen to these ranks for checking boxes and has been groomed the same way Barack Obama was groomed for his position in the future. She believes that she has immunity. In fact, she's so ballsy on this. Yes, I have falsified things, including my own doctoral dissertation. Right? That's what happened to her. How many times does she have to be found of plagiarizing this or that in, as the head of arguably one of the finest institutions used to be in the United States? Education circles, right? She's going to stay and she's got a, a lawyer ready to sue if anybody has the audacity to push her out. That's how emboldened these people get. Harvard Honor Council student. Do you guys know of this thing? There's an honor council. And I would imagine a lot of colleges and universities do something of the same. Where students who have been found to violate something in some code of conduct, in the bylaws or whatever of the university, appear before a panel of their peers for their judgment. You will be suspended. You will be expelled. Whatever it is. This individual is an anonymous member of Harvard's Honor Council. And the student accuses the school of a double standard. Get out, really? And says President Claudine Gay must resign over the plagiarism scandal. I want you to hear this. This is the slow and steady drip of winning. All right? When somebody refuses to go along with the flow and get into the cattle chute, and be led to slaughter, this is one individual, albeit anonymously, who writes a letter in the Harvard Crimson newspaper saying, what the hell is going on here? Here's your story. New York Post. A member of Harvard's Student Honor Council called for the resignation of University President Claudine Gay over her ongoing plagiarism scandal, accusing the school's governing body of having one standard for the embattled administrator and another for the student body. Gay's getting off easy, a student who sits on the council tasked with deciding sanctions for classmates caught plagiarizing, wrote in a letter published anonymously in the Harvard Crimson Sunday. Let's compare the treatment of Harvard undergraduates suspected of plagiarism with that of their president, this individual wrote. When students, my classmates, peers and friends appear before the council, they are distraught. For most, it is the worst day of their college careers. For some, it is the worst day of their lives. They often cry. First-time plagiarism infractions, which can stem from omitted quotation marks, incomplete or absent citations, typically result in one term of probation 
and the stripping away of the student's good standing status, which prevents them from studying abroad or even graduating, the author wrote. Repeat offenses can result in students being forced to withdraw from the university for two semesters, according to the letter published in Harvard's student newspaper. Gay was accused of plagiarism after critics identified dozens, dozens of examples from several journal articles and her Ph.D. dissertation that included missing quotation marks, incomplete citations and sentences copied almost word for word. Quote, what is striking about the allegations of plagiarism Against President Gay is that the improprieties are routine and pervasive, the letter said. Gay was found to have used, quote, duplicative language without appropriate attribution in some of her uh, academic work. Excuse me. The school's governing body, the Harvard Corporation, said after an investigation. Instead of Gay being forced to step away from the university, as students would for similar offenses, Harvard stood behind its president. And allowed her to correct the mistakes, the student letter noted. That the corporation considers her corrections an adequate response is not fair to undergraduates who cannot simply submit corrections to avoid penalties. When my peers are found responsible for multiple instances of inadequate citation, they are often suspended for an academic year. When the president of their university is found responsible for the same type of infractions, the fellows of the corporation, quote, unanimously stand in support of her. A sober-minded assessment of the plagiarism charges indicates that Gay's behavior constitutes plagiarism, but since the errors do not appear intentional, they do not warrant her resignation, the Harvard Crimson's editorial board wrote in an op-ed published Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, the students are awakening We might look at them as being just a brainwashed group of indoctrinated youngsters. They are not. They see double standards. They know right from wrong. And this ugly issue regarding October 7th and the pro-Hamas demonstrations anti-Israel that have made many students on campuses across our country feel unsafe have left their mark. This is why I am so hopeful for the new year, because with the page turn of the calendar comes a keen awareness of what we have lost and what do what might doom us on the horizon. And when students are calling out for justice, the left is screwed. All right, when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, I want to I want to talk about a tale of of two governors, both Republicans, because rhinos are as dangerous as Democrats. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. You know, I think uh, I can report to you as a mom and all of you parents out there will understand exactly what I'm saying. The holidays are such a juxtaposition of emotions and stress, particularly when the children are little. There, there is a story to maintain and pressure. And that's complicated. And then as your children get older, things become super expensive. And the personalities in your family don't always align. And for some reason, it's always the holidays where things can blow up. I can think of many, 
major arguments in my family and extended family that always happened right around the holidays. This was the one year where it didn't, didn't seem to happen. We didn't do a whole lot. Joe and I worked most of the time. But there was this coalescing of my sons. From age 15 up to 23, the five of them spent more time together and laughed than I can remember in a great while. And they pitched in and they helped. It was odd. It was as though the calendar, as we turn it on a new year, had turned in the growth of my family. And I was grateful for that. I'm grateful for all these stories that we're seeing because I see what's coming. When ABC News uses a story, a sit down of three women talking about why Donald Trump is a terrible human being and accusing him of all the talking points that the left has spent the, the better part of seven years relentlessly beating in, if that's all they have, the path to victory is all but certain. But there's much work to be done. Look, I, I saw this today. Bill Clinton, breaking, right? Breaking news. Gateway Pundit, breaking news. Bill Clinton to be named as Doe number 36 in Epstein court documents. That's not breaking news to me. Is that breaking news to you that, that Bill Clinton is a dirtbag? Is it breaking news to you that Barack Obama is a dirtbag or that George Bush? Right? Is any of this break? 50 times Bill Clinton's name is apparently appearing on these logs, these documents, et cetera, et cetera. That that isn't breaking news to me. And it shouldn't be to anybody else is really a sad statement about where we've gone. The morality. The darkness. The evil, truly evil. I believe that. I skipped right past it. We already know all of that. Guy's a scumbag. But it got me looking at something this weekend, and I saw a tweet that came out Friday after the show, and I was like, Shazam, that's it. And it was about the University of Oklahoma making it official that they will no longer have a diversity, equity, and inclusion department, team, prerogative, initiative, bylaws, whatever, at the university. And I was like, well, hot dog, what... What is it about the University of Oklahoma where these people seem to figure out this crap doesn't do anything to, to create exquisite, extraordinary minds? This isn't educational. It's, it's absolutely America in retrograde where we just snipe at each other and everything sucks. What is it about Oklahoma? Well, and then I stumbled upon their governor, not very schooled in the governor of Oklahoma. Beg your pardon. I admit it found this article on the Oklahoman. Oklahoma governor executive order to put higher education diversity programs under review. Progress. It starts with one, ladies and gentlemen. And if it's this gentleman whose name is Kevin Stitt, the Republican governor of Oklahoma, hell yeah. Let's go, Kev. What is he saying? Before the regents, the board of regents of all of our state universities decide to open up their hands and come to the state and say, hey, we need all of this money 
for our initiatives and the number is almost $1.2 billion? Ought we not know where the money goes? Where does the money go in this diversity, equity, and inclusion landscape? What are your, what are your progress benchmarks? What's your success strategy? What's, what's it doing to make education at university schools, or rather Oklahoma universities, any better? Well, it's not. I want to read this to you. Before I then juxtapose Governor Stitt with another Republican governor who's the opposite Governor Kevin Stitt plans to sign an executive order that will target diversity, equity, and inclusion programs in higher education in Oklahoma. The pendulum is swinging the other way, ladies and gentlemen. The statute of limitations on crazy is up. It is unsustainable. ABC News knows that. The Biden-Obama White House knows that. They all know that. The finish line is coming up really close into view. And they've got a limited amount of time to to jam as much suck and intrusion and expense and inconvenience in your face. They have so much work to do in so little time. The order expected to be signed Wednesday, and it was at the Capitol, will require state agencies and institutions of higher education to formally review the necessity and the efficiency of DEI positions, departments, activities, procedures, and programs. It's asking for granular data, transparent data. Where's the money going? Millions and millions of dollars worth. Well, it's only a small fraction of our funding. I don't care. The idea that we need some sort of a a leveling of the playing field means somebody is discriminated against. And isn't that wholly wrong at the college and university level? Of course. On the flip side from this guy, Kevin Stitt, is your rhino governor, Mike DeWine. I knew Mike DeWine was a Cretan when I was in East Palestine, Ohio with Brock about 14 days after that toxic train derailment, the Norfolk Southern, where they decided to light the thing up into the sky and send a plume of toxicity, the likes of which only the atmosphere could possibly fathom. And then they lied to us. No, no, it's all good. Don't worry about it. All going to be fine. Nothing to see here. Back to usual business. It's not, ladies and gentlemen. Governor who vetoed trans bills. What kind of a Republican governor would veto a a piece of legislation that would say, you know what? We're not really down with five-year-olds getting, you know, hormones and this pathway to genital mutilation that people on the left are heralding because it's a next money laundering operation. What did it take for Mike DeWine, a Republican governor, to be conned? To be bribed to be purchased so as to veto a bill designed to protect children. Well, here's the story. DeWine vetoed House Bill 68 Friday, which would have prohibited doctors from prescribing puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones for minors and banned boys from girls or from competing in girls sports. He banned it, stopped it vetoed it just hours before the deadline. Huh, why? Well, according to the Daily Caller, 
a review of donations from 2018 to 2023 found that the governor received some cash from the Ohio Children's Hospital Association. Also, from Cincinnati Children's Hospital, from Nationwide Children's Hospital, and ProMedica Children's Hospital, all of whom support, you got it, transgender medical care. Did you guys know from diagnosis to having top and bottom surgery, a child's body, mind, soul, and all of it is worth about a million dollars? That's what the therapies and the consultations and the medical treatments and the follow-up, that's what a single child. So how much did Mike DeWine accept? Had to be a lot of money. I mean, I mean, that's dark to say, I will, I will veto this measure, which is complete sanity. It makes sense. It is a, it is a roadblock on crazy trains. Say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You want to start fiddling with, with kindergartners? Oh, hell no. Not in my state. You're going to take a guy who alleges to be conservative and you're going to bribe him and cajole him and force him to veto it. How much do you think? $40,300? That's it? Apparently so. This Ohio Children's Hospital Association donated ten grand to the Mike DeWine and John Houston Transition Fund back in 2018, another 10000 in 2022. Cincinnati Children's, an affiliate of that group, donated just 300 bucks last December. And ProMedica, another affiliate, donated ten grand. Wait, you're, you're telling me that it just takes $40,000 to get a Republican governor to flip on his conscience, to flip on his constituents, to flip on morality and humanity and reality, normality, all of it. What? How can this be, ladies and gentlemen? These youth existed before we established our gender clinics. They will exist if our clinics are forced to close, some of these people said. We're thankful for Governor DeWine's thoughtful approach in thoroughly researching the issue of gender-affirming care and vetoing this bill. We welcome the opportunity to work with the governor, the Ohio General Assembly, and relevant state agencies to ensure Ohio's youth have access to the critical care they need. Do you know what kind of critical care our youth needs? They need to be able to go outside and play. They need to be able to go outside and without fear of needing to be vaccinated or indoctrinated or groomed by disgusting people in their schools to learn. To learn how to read and write and do math and learn history without the tentacles of insecure weaklings in government who take money from organizations who preach about very dangerous things. Our children need exactly what they get at your house and at my house. But in Ohio, Governor DeWine sees a different roadmap. Scary. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, my friends, David Axelrod 
Obama advisor, mouthpiece of suck, says something very telling that yet again gives me great confidence about what's coming in 2024, my friends, and proves that they are scared to death. Don't go anywhere. The Wendy Bell Radio Program continues right after this. It's always interesting to pay attention to what people say. I think they get comfortable because they're so excited that they are, are they're in the spotlight. They're the expert. The media is talking to them. In the particular instance I'm talking about, because these folks share a lot, and I'm not thinking they always want to. David Axelrod is purposeful, though. David Axelrod, former big and I'm sure current Obama advisor, even he is slamming the Democrats for trying to take Donald Trump off the ballots. He says it would rip the country apart. But that's not the point that I found super interesting in the soundbite I want you to hear, okay? Here's David Axelrod. He's on a triple panel with some blonde woman at CNN, whatever. But he says something that's very intriguing. And I want you to hear about it because he's talking about this inverse relationship between everything that they're throwing at Donald Trump from the indictments, the impeachments, the charges, the arrest, whatever, right? The mugshot, all of these things that they try to do relentlessly, predictably to Donald Trump has this opposite effect on him. He becomes more and more popular. And when I drop on you in the next hour, hour number two of the program, the results of this latest morning consult poll. (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's undeniable that people are awakening. I want you to hear David Axelrod though. Listen to what he says. And then I'm going to, I'm going to get you on the flip side after you hear it. Go. All of this is, is uh, strengthening uh, him in the Republican primary. We've run this experiment uh, you know, he's only gained since he started getting indicted. Uh, you know, what you thought might be kryptonite for him has turned out to be battery packs. And this is a big one uh, for him. Uh, presumably, the Supreme Court will deal with it uh, fairly quickly. And I expect that they will leave him on the ballot. And yes, uh, Brianna, I, I, I have very, very strong reservations about all of this. I do think it would rip the country apart if he were uh, actually prevented from running because tens of millions of people uh, want to vote for him. I think if you're going to beat Donald Trump, you're going to probably have to do it at the polls. At the polls? Why well, you have to do it at the at the ballot box, right? Which is why we're flooding in all of these these migrants. Obviously, that's the plan. But did you hear what he said? We've run this experiment. He's telling you exactly what they're doing. This is Obama's doing. Headline from Gateway Pundit. Well, former Obama advisor David Axelrod criticizing the efforts of the left to to remove Trump from the ballot in various states, saying it would rip the country apart. Axelrod giving the party too much credit. Democrats obviously don't care. They would burn the country down to prevent Donald Trump from taking office again. And I agree with that. I agree. Axelrod also points out that the strategy is backfiring. It's all a strategy. It's all a scheme. It's all a hoax. It's all a lie. It's entirely fake news. Every single thing they do is indicative of that ABC sit down with those three women talking about what would a a Donald Trump reelection mean if that's all you have. You have less than nothing. 
Your strategy has not been about jobs or safety or security or innovation or SpaceX or what comes next or making sure our children are educated or providing this amazing place for them. It is about power and control and stopping the one man who stands in the way of that. I have very, very strong reservations, Axelrod says. That's not the point, though. And this article misses the entirety of the point. We've been running this experiment. And if anything, every negative thing we throw at Donald Trump seems to supercharge him. Can you imagine if it was Donald Trump's name and not Bill Clinton's name that was all over the travel logs? of the Lolita Express? If it was Donald Trump's name that was in that little black book of Ghislaine Maxwell's and Jeffrey Epstein's, who are the people who have been doing all of the things that they want you to believe Donald Trump is guilty of when Donald Trump's greatest sin in their mind is loving America? Truly, that's what this comes down to. That is the ire for MAGA. That is why they hate me. That is why they hate you. That is why all of these swatting incidents have been going on. These fake 911 calls, FBI calls. Marjorie Taylor Greene has been in the crosshairs and her adult daughters. They've been swatted. The FBI told, oh, something dangerous is going to happen to their at their house. John Paul McIsaac happened to him over the weekend. Remember him? He was the fellow who Hunter Biden gave three laptops to at his Delaware Mac repair store. He was swatted over the weekend. Who else? Senator Rick Scott, Jack Posobiec, conservatives who are over the mark. Who else was? James O'Keefe. See, the closer we get, the more frantic they become. That's why they send out the, uh, the, the SWAT team hot to go after people like Marine and police officer Alfredo Luna in California. This is why they went after that father of seven in Pennsylvania, Mark Houck. If you believe and you love and you are passionate for and an unwavering advocate of what is right and what is red, white, and blue, you see this, yes? Amen, you do. Because according to a morning console poll I'm about to drop on you guys, Trump isn't leading just in five swing states. Let's talk about seven. And the lead is growing. And that frightens me in some ways. Because there's one way to take him out for good. And that makes me sick. Positive polling gives us a smile next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.